up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackle, and it is Tuesday, March 16th. Gotta tell you, as an adult, you often don't get that uh, childhood experience of anticipation. You know what I'm talking about. Your birthday, Christmas if you celebrate it, whatever it is, that build up, and then the day is here, and it's just as freaking awesome as you thought it was going to be, well... That's kind of where I am over the last 24 hours, give or take a little bit more than 24 hours. But regardless, NFL free agency is here. We are in the tampering period and we have a lot of deals out there. I'm not going to go through all of them today on the podcast, only the uh, skill position deals that are out there. Of course, I'm going to put this podcast out there and inevitably we're going to have some more signings to come in, but at least as of about 3.30 Eastern on Tuesday. This is uh, everything that we have on tap, so we'll get to that on the show today. A lot of interesting moves there. Let me tell you about our presenting sponsor first, though, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, There are no salary caps. You don't have to play against sharks. That means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyKnifeFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, and football. MonkeyKnifeFight has it all. And you know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? A free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, R-A-N-T, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. All right, so let's dive into it. A lot of interesting moves. And honestly, I want to start with probably the biggest for fantasy purposes up to now other than you know what we already had in place, the Aaron Jones stuff, all of that out of the way, Aaron Jones staying, okay, that's all done. That's in the rearview mirror. So after we get to this point in time, the biggest names out there, well, one of them was at tight end, and he actually didn't go signed yesterday. He went unsigned yesterday, but Hunter Henry was signed today, and it was a big head-scratcher for some because, of course, he went to the Patriots. Now, the Patriots were spending money big time here. Uncharacteristic of the Belichick-era Patriots, but they went out, they got Henry. Why it's a head-scratcher, of course, is because they already had Jonu Smith, who they signed yesterday, and they paid him 12.5 per year. In fact, if you now look at it, the Patriots have the two highest, or two of the four, top four highest-paid tight ends now on their roster, which is pretty fascinating unto itself, right? But beyond that, I I do think that this, you know, immediately I know the reaction from a lot of people. It's, this deal sucks. Why would they do that? Blah, blah, blah. You know, the haters. And of course, when it comes to the Patriots, it's either you love them or they are the Patriots like you hate them. And there's really no in between. But for fantasy purposes, we should be in between. In fact, we got to ride the line on the Patriots. Can't love or hate, man. Just love the league, right? Because, hey, if you're a fan, that's great. B 
be a fan of your team, be completely irrational when it comes to your team. But when it comes to fantasy football, we can't be irrational. Irrational doesn't win you leagues. Got to be completely rational about this. And so here's what I'm seeing. Last year, the team was in its first year post-Tom Brady, right? And even at the very end of the Tom Brady era, they were kind of ill-equipped from an offensive standpoint. They made it work. They had Gronk late career. They had late career Julian Edelman. But none of the young talent they had coming in really, uh, well, really hit. So they were in that situation. Then they bring in Cam Newton. They made the best of what they could. I mean, this wasn't a 1 in 16 team. This team they actually won 7 games or 7 and 9. Eat your heart out, Jeff Fisher. So, they made the best of what they had. And I know everybody's going to say, "Oh, well Cam Newton doesn't throw and all they do is run the football, blah 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 blah." Okay, well that was last year. And last year they did not have the personnel for Cam Newton. That was abundantly clear. And beyond that, oh, they don't throw. Who the heck was he throwing to? You going to give me Jacoby Myers? Really? going to give me that? A uh, converted college quarterback, undrafted rookie free agent, who, not to knock him, did a nice job, but that's your top receiver? Nikhil Harry not getting it done. No tight ends to speak of to catch the football. You have receivers out of the backfield, sure, but you basically had to lean on the run game, which Cam did, and the Patriots did, and that was it. So now, what do you do? Well, what does Cam Newton need? He needs bigger body receivers with wide catch radius. Okay, well, let's get him two tight ends who can catch the football first and foremost. Maybe did they overspend maybe a tad? Sure, but they had the money to do so, so why not? One of the few teams who did. So you get two pass-catching tight ends. You get the the mismatch in the short and intermediate in Hunter Henry, and then you get this more explosive guy in Jonu Smith. That's interesting. You also bring in Nelson Aguilar. Eh. You bring in Kendrick Bourne. Eh. But they're better, both of those receivers, than what you had in-house. So now you're in a situation that's much better off from a personnel standpoint. It's not great. Not gonna, I'm not going to sit here and fluff them up. But at least you have players who can catch the darn football here for Cam Newton. That's a little bit more intriguing. So you could be in a situation here where Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry are the top two targets in the offense. I don't think this is bad for either one of them, by the way. You know, speaking of the Raiders, I mean, we have a situation with the Raiders where Darren Waller is the clear top receiver. Even though he's not a wide out, he's the top target. Well, we could have the same exact thing here with Henry, and then, you know, he still ends up being in the top 10 among tight ends for fantasy purposes. And Jonu Smith could be kicking around that area. I mean, it's not unprecedented for a team to run a lot of 12 personnel and sustain two top 10 fantasy tight ends. Recently, we've seen Philadelphia do it. And, uh, yeah, the sort of quintessential example, which is now a bit infamous, the Patriots from a decade ago. That sort of wrote the book on all of this. Now, running 12 personnel, we're seeing a lot of teams go that route. In fact, one of them just won the Super Bowl, by the way. But it also is, I think, in part because both these guys can block, and now you can run the football as well. So they're going to continue to be one of the more run-heavy teams, but that's not something that just happened last year. It's something that happened over the course of the, you know, the, the tail end of the Brady era. They became very run heavy. So all of that, you know, people are going to poo-poo it, but I don't think it's that bad, honestly. 
uh, for Aguilar, for Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne, you know, whatever, good landing spot for him. They're not paying him a boatload of money or anything. So I don't even know how relevant he's going to be. Aguilar, I, I do expect them to get something else in there wide out, whether that's via the draft or via some of the free agents who are still out there because we still have some big names out there. I don't think it would be Juju. I still think Will Fuller is a candidate to go there. So Fuller is still out there. You have Juju out there. You have Kenny Galladay out there. I don't think um, Juju or Galladay are likely. But regardless, that's where we stand with New England. It's not bad. It actually really helps Cam Newton, and you're going to be able to get Cam Newton for nothing because people love to hate him. So he'll be around in the late rounds of drafts. And he does have some juice because, hey, if Cam Newton, let's say, all right, he had eight passing touchdowns last year. You know where he finished with eight freaking touchdowns? Eight. He was the number 17 fantasy quarterback. So what if he has, and I'm not going to say 30, what if he has 18? Is 18 a reasonable number for Cam Newton? 18 and 3,000 yards passing to go along with Five or six hundred rushing yards and seven, eight, nine, ten rushing touchdowns, which both of those numbers are very reasonable. You know what that is? That's a freaking top twelve fantasy season with eighteen touchdown passes. You're going to be able to get him for nothing—a bologna sandwich and drafts. Uh, former Patriot Rob Gronkowski kind of hinted that he was going to test free agency. Well, he's never been a free agent before, but he wisely signed with the Bucks. The Bucks kept everybody in place so far, with the exception of uh, Leonard Fournette and Antonio Brown, probably the two of the most expendable of the group from last year. But keeping Godwin, keeping Levante David, keeping Shaq Barrett, keeping Gronkowski—very impressed with what they've been able to do here. Uh, speaking of Fournette, possibly on the Seahawks' radar, so we'll see what happens there. Regardless, uh, former Seahawks running back Carlos Hyde goes to the Jags. He'll just be a complimentary piece to James Robinson. The only other running back of note that I've seen, Devontae Booker going to the Giants. Looks like he could be the cuff there to Saquon. Booker has a little bit of three-down ability, so I guess that makes sense to me. Otherwise, no major moves on that front. So we still have a lot of guys out there. You know, we have Chris Carson still out there. Uh, we have, uh, you know, James Conner still out there. Kenyon Drake still out there. Not a huge surprise that the, the running back market's somewhat cool right now. Uh, it looks like Philip Lindsay could also be out there because the Broncos did tender him original round, which he wasn't drafted. So it's 2.1 million uh, if Lindsey can go out and get a better deal, he can take that deal. If the Broncos don't match it, they don't get anything for him. So I don't know. It was a little bit weird there. Uh, but you, there's running back. So not much to talk. Maybe James White goes to Tampa, by the way, reunited with Tom Brady. We'll see what, what ultimately takes place with those guys. Some of these guys may make it out of this week and still be unsigned. And that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, of course, the other area that I think is probably the most exciting for fantasy so far has been quarterback. Uh, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston now signed, but the Fitzpatrick one is the fun one. Fitzmagic will be taking his talents to the football team, and it's a one-year deal, no, no surprise there. $10 million contract, all right, fine, low-end starter, very low-end starter money. But key is nobody on the roster can compete with him for the starting job, so... It's his job right now. Now, that being said, this team does pick at 19 in the first round of next month's draft, so they certainly could use that pick 
on a quarterback. They could. Unlike last year, though, right? Fitzy was the starter for the first six weeks of the season. Incidentally, over those first six weeks, he was QB 11 in fantasy. Not too shabby. But unlike that situation where you have a top five quarterback waiting in the wings, you're not going to have that if if Washington, let's say it's Trey Lance slides to 19 or it's Mac Jones. That quarterback, there isn't as much pressure to get that quarterback on the field as there is if you took that quarterback in the top five. So he's going to have a longer runway this year, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if he was just the starter for the full season. Remember, this was a playoff team from last year. This is a team with a very good defense. This is a team with exciting weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson. Maybe they add another wideout here for him as well. And you have a quarterback with some moxie who's going to throw the ball around the yard and make plays for you. This is not a bad situation at all for Washington. This is not a bad situation at all for us for fantasy purposes. Fitzpatrick is now, for me, a late-round quarterback target. He's got upside, baby. He had eighteen hundred over 1,800 passing yards in that first six weeks of the season. Ten passing scores over that span. He rushed for over 130 yards. He had two rushing scores. I mean, he just he fills up the stat sheet. And it's a fun spot. His presence helps Terry McLaurin. His presence helps Logan Thomas. This is a, a pretty good situation. Now, he's not going to be there for the long term. That's why they signed him to a one-year deal. But for our purposes for fantasy in 2021, Fitzy is on the radar squarely. Now, the other quarterback who was signed to a one-year deal, Jameis Winston, is he on the radar? Uh, Maybe not, but he did have another suitor. The Bears were interested in signing him. He ends up staying with the Saints, as I fully expected him to do, and now he's going to compete with Taysom Hill. The jury out there among the, the public is very split on this one. A lot of people look at Taysom Hill, and here's where we have to kind of separate our mindset as well. If you look at Taysom Hill and you look at the fantasy production that he was able to put up as a starter, you might walk away thinking, all right, wasn't that bad. You know, maybe he deserves uh, a shot at this starting job. I mean, heck, Jeff, you just said that Ryan Fitzpatrick was a top uh, 12 guy over the first six weeks of the season. Well, Taysom was a top 10 guy as a starter. Yes, in fantasy scoring, he was. But that was largely the product of just run, 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 run. I mean, he had 221 rushing yards in those four games, 42 rushing attempts, four rushing touchdowns, which is not sustainable. You know how many passing yards he had in those four games? 543. That's it. He wasn't throwing the football. This is a team that for as long as we can remember now has thrown the freaking football. They have a quarterback in the past now in Drew Brees who had five 5,000-yard seasons. I do not think Taysom Hill, A, passed the audition, B, is the best quarterback for this offense. Now, I don't love me some Jameis. I think there's problems with Jameis. Obviously, the big one is the interceptions, although I think the interceptions derive from a good place. Here's what I mean by that. Those interceptions, Jameis making those interceptions, I think largely stem from him having supreme confidence that he can make throws that ordinary NFL quarterbacks can't make. And the thing is, extraordinary NFL quarterbacks sometimes can't make the throws that he attempts. 
because they realize that you know going up against an NFL defense they're gonna you know crush you every time on those types of throws. Is that correctable, perhaps? And why I say it stems from a good place? I want him to be confident. You know, I had somebody, uh, you know, a Facebook friend who trashes uh, Tom Brady say, "I don't like him. He's cocky." Do we not want our quarterbacks to be cocky? <laughs> Give me the cockiest sob out there, and I'm putting that guy at quarterback. Please be cocky. Please be confident in your abilities. But to a fault. And maybe that's something that can be corrected. I don't know. I don't know if if Sean Payton can correct that in Jameis Winston. But I know from a tools standpoint, if you're looking at a quarterback who, you know, you want to throw the ball around, Jameis is much more suited to that. Taysom Hill is not a natural quarterback. He just isn't. He's a great athlete. Great athlete. Jameis is much more of a natural quarterback. So I do think it'll ultimately be Jameis. If Jameis is the starting quarterback, yes, he'll come with interceptions. But he's also going to come with QB2 plus potential for fantasy purposes. Uh, let's round this bad boy out with uh, one other wide receiver who was signed, that being Corey Davis. Not the biggest name on the board. Like I said, we still have some much bigger names out there. But Corey Davis going to the Jets, $37.5 million contract over three years. Decent money. Not amazing, but decent. And what this tells me about Corey Davis is... He's their number one. You know, Corey Davis is now the de facto number one there. It may be a one and one A type situation with Corey Davis and Denzel Mims. That's fine. I don't know if Jamison Crowder is still on the roster. I don't know who's going to be throwing him the football. I don't know if it's going to be Sam Darnold. I don't know if it's going to be Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. We'll see. But regardless of the situation, I think we could be looking at enough volume here for Corey Davis for him to be in the wide receiver three conversation. I think that's fair. I don't think we go any higher than that, but that's fair. There's enough opportunity for him to be a top 36 guy. And the world needs wide receiver threes too. So there you go. The biggest signing so far. And of course, before I sign off, you know I got to take a peek at the news uh, just in case. Because every time, I'll tell you, I do this with projections all the time. I'll, uh, I'll update projections, put them up on ftnfantasy.com, and boom, somebody will get hurt or something like that. Some news will happen uh, where, you know, something crazy. Anyway, uh, the only name I'm seeing here is John Ross going to the Giants, and that's not really a big, that's, you know, sort of lower rate. Uh, so we'll be back later in the week. By then, hopefully, we'll have a destination. We will have a destination for Kenny Galladay. We'll very likely have one for Juju. Will Fuller, probably, certainly for the running backs, I think we'll get some destinations there. We'll start to clean up the rest of the spots. Gerald Everett's another guy who's on my radar as well. And we'll do some winners and losers of the uh, first phase of NFL Free Agency on Friday show. In the meantime, a couple things for you here. First and foremost, uh, go check out ftnfantasy.com for all the latest news on NFL Free Agency. It's all free over there, so go check that out. And hey, if you're involved in March Madness in some way, shape, or form, whether you're doing brackets or you're betting on the games, whatever, we have you covered over at ftnbets.com. We have Brad Evans and company put together a guide for you, so it's a PDF that you can download. If you just want that, $7.95. If you want the whole shebang, including our betting algorithm, uh, all the picks from the, our sharps, plus the guide, plus everything in, that we have covering the tournament, 
That's 50 bucks, but you can use the promo code RATPACK over at FTNBets.com to get yourself a discount on that package. So go check that out. I'm using it this year because I'll be honest, I suck at brackets. So I'm going to be leaning heavily on Brad Evans and company for that info. Uh, Keep reviewing the show on uh, Apple Podcasts. All you have to do is go to the Apple Podcast app if you have an iPhone. Go to my podcast, The Rant with Jeff Ratcliffe. Scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Enjoy the rest of uh, this free agency. It's been a fun one right here. It's been a fun one. All right, I'll catch you on Friday for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.